Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Jeff Jenkins. Greetings, friends. We're back uh, for round three, part three. This has been an awesome subject matter on the original sin. We are really looking forward to uh, this broadcast in the next 30 minutes, so stay with us. Listen intently. If you've got your Bibles and your notepads, uh, keep them handy because we're going to go into a lot of subject matter. We left you with Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Again, we're talking about sex in the Garden of Eden, the original sin. And so if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, 15, we'll read it to you. We find out that there is the, uh, the nature of the punishment matches the crime, uh, the crime that was committed. And Brother Stephen's going to elaborate, but we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, And I will put division, enmity, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Well, we know that a woman doesn't uh, have seed. She can receive seed. So what we find here is, is that this, this seed is Christ. And when he goes on to say then, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God is already bringing in the plan of redemption right here, how God's going to redeem man right here in Genesis 3.15. Jesus Christ on the cross is going to crush the serpent's head and reduce his works and his power to zero. And through that, redeem a church by the blood of Jesus Christ. It was blood that was polluted in the garden. And now through a virgin birth, Mary, being a virgin, uh, she, is, she conceives by the Holy Spirit overshadowing her, a germinated blood cell. The product is Jesus Christ. Jesus, as the first Adam, went to a tree, and he partook of sin and became sinful. We find that the second Adam also went to a tree, the cross, and he who knew no sin became our sin that we might be the righteousness of God. So let's watch uh, the nature of the crime and the nature of the punishment. Brother Steve, why don't you take us on from there? Um, three uh, people are going to be addressed here by God, the serpent, the woman, and, and Adam. And uh, we're going to jump the order a little because we're going to go from the serpent to Adam, mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back at Eve by way of comparison and mm -hmm. see the difference mm -hmm. between the way God handles the, uh, the sentencing mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. process. And so in, uh, in verse 13, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So God turns to the serpent. He says, because you did this, you're cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly you'll go, dust you'll eat all the days of your life. So we'll notice that the Lord said to the serpent, because you did this, because you beguiled Eve, because you seduced Eve, this is your punishment. Now we're going to jump over to uh, verse uh, 17. And unto Adam he said, because you hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. You've mm. been saying seed receiving. Right. Obviously the ground receives seed. Adam is going, to be, uh, is going to be cursed for putting Sowing. seed yeah. into the ground. When he mm. puts seed into the ground, it's not just going to uh, happen as it did before. It's right. going to be a lot more difficult Thorns for Adam. And thistles, We're going to get all these things that are going to resist the growth of the seed mm -hmm. in the natural process. Mm -hmm. So he says, You'll, you shall, uh, he says, the ground is cursed for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. And then he goes on, he says, thorns and thistles it'll bring forth. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread 
till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou will return. That's patterning again on the, the dust uh, idea that the serpent would eat dust. Mm -hmm. And he says to Adam, you are dust, mm -hmm. and you are going back to dust. Mm -hmm. All right. Two sentences. One for the serpent, because you seduced Eve, mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be your, your sentence. You're going to be turned into a snake, mm -hmm. and you're going to uh, creep along the ground on your belly. Mm -hmm. And to the Adam, he says, because you listen to the voice of your wife, uh, the ground is cursed. And mm -hmm. so you're going to be uh, cursed in seed, sowing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to be as easy as it was. Now let's go to verse 16. Mm -hmm. In chapter 3, verse 16, and to the woman he said, directly to the sentencing, mm -hmm. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. He never says, because you ate of the tree that I commanded Adam to not to eat of. He right. doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. He says that to Adam, but he does not say to Eve. He says, because, he doesn't say because you did anything. Mm -hmm. He just goes straight to sentencing. That implies mm -hmm. uh, two things. First of all, mm -hmm. he's reasoning with Adam in the same way that he's reasoning with the serpent. Mm -hmm. Now remember Adam, because you did this. Mm -hmm. Remember serpent, because you did this. So the serpent was a creature that could not only speak, but could even reason. God was giving him uh, a reason for why he mm -hmm. did something, mm -hmm. meaning that God respected the serpent's ability to think and reason, right. which we don't associate with any animal uh, that we know of today. Right. Right. All right. Just bringing us back to that, this is a creature that was changed mm -hmm. so radically that we find no evidence of it today. Mm -hmm. um, nothing, nothing that could compare to the serpent today. And uh, when you look at a snake, we see that there's evidence of the crime fitting the punishment. Mm -hmm. He said to Eve, remember, your eyes will be opened. So what characteristic does a snake have regarding its eyes? It has no eyelids. Mm -hmm. Its eyes are permanently open. Mm -hmm. And so, and of course, it's uncomfortable sliding along on the ground. Your eyes are permanently mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. And so he says uh, to the serpent um, that you're going to be turned into a snake because that's mm -hmm. an appropriate punishment. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing this mm -hmm. is we'll see in a minute when we get to Eve why the sentence was appropriate. Mm -hmm. It was appropriate for Adam. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced in seed sowing. We'll understand that better in a few mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. He's talking to the serpent. He says, you're going to become a snake. Your eyes are going to be permanently open. I'm not going to give you any hearing ability in the, uh, the way that you used to be able to hear because uh, you claim to have heard what I said and you were telling Eve what mm -hmm. I said, you said, what, excuse me, you telling Eve right. what you heard me say. And of course you got that wrong. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you ears. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, a poisonous snake mm -hmm. has the uh, venom in its mouth. Mm. So when it bites, it injects that venom into the, into the victim. And that's exactly what the serpent did mm. uh, figuratively to Eve is he, um, he uh, poisoned yes. her thinking. He True. said, your mind will be open to understand good and evil. Mm. He poisoned her. Mm. The Bible says the day you eat thereof, that day you'll die. And so Eve was poisoned to death mm -hmm. by what the serpent said. So what kind of a, a creature did God turn him into? Mm -hmm. A snake that has mm -hmm. poison in its mm -hmm. mouth. Mm -hmm. And finally, because the serpent spoke to Eve and spoke to her in such an enticing and a convincing way, mm -hmm. he... Uh, he says, okay, now I'm going to give you a tongue that cannot form words. And he gave, her a, gave the serpent a split tongue that can't move air. And of course, a split tongue is a, is a euphemism, mm -hmm. which we know many times is used to describe somebody who tells lies as well as the truth. Uh, he speaks with a forked tongue, right. meaning that he tells the truth and he tells lies. Exactly mm -hmm. appropriate sentencing mm -hmm. that God gave the serpent. Now let's go to verse 16 and see what he said to the woman. Unto the woman he said, 
Not because you did this wrong. He's mm. not giving Eve a reason. He's just mm. going straight to the punishment. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a, the, we have to ask ourselves why, and mm -hmm. we'll come back to that. But looking at the appropriateness of the sentence, he says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Mm -hmm. Wow. We were just talking about fruit. Mm -hmm. Now, you've heard us talking about seed and about what took place in the Garden of Eden. Here's the proof. Mm -hmm. God is going to multiply something that, as far as we can tell from the text, never happened. That's right. And that is that Eve conceived. Mm -hmm. Now, who did she conceive from? Mm -hmm. Somebody must have, must have impregnated her mm -hmm. for her to have a conception that God was going to multiply. Mm -hmm. If there had been no conception to start with, multiplying it would be no challenge. Mm -hmm. That would be not, no problem. So there was a conception. Mm -hmm. And remember this because that's going to that's be important to us in a few minutes. He says, I'll multiply your conception. Mm -hmm. So right away he's talking about the reproductive organs within mm -hmm. a woman mm -hmm. and he's punishing her in this area. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, it begs the question, why would he punish this mm -hmm. area? The mm -hmm. sentencing for the serpent was appropriate. The sentencing for Adam was appropriate. Mm -hmm. Why is he punishing Eve True. for motherhood, mm -hmm. for being pregnant? Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, he says, in sorrow you shall bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband mm. and he will rule over mm. you. Wow, mm. that makes us think right away. Bringing forth children is part of the punishment because that was part of the original sin, mm -hmm. was the act that produces children mm -hmm. was part of the original sin. So God was going to punish her mm -hmm. in childbearing. But here's the clincher. Mm -hmm. He says, and now, he says, your desire... <laughs> Your affections, your attraction mm -hmm. is going to be to your husband. Mm -hmm. The only thing that we can understand from that sentence, the appropriateness of it, is that she must have had desire for someone else mm -hmm. other than her husband. True. Because now God's going to say, you have to, you have to uh, submit to your husband. Before mm -hmm. that, they were co-equal. Mm -hmm. Before that, she was a help that was suitable for Adam. Mm -hmm. There was no, you're up, Adam, and Eve, you're down. It was exactly the same um, uh, yep. rank, yep. so to speak, yep. in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. But he says to Eve, he, uh, excuse me, he says to the woman, she's yep. not called Eve yet. Mm -hmm. He says to the woman, your desire will be to your husband. Mm. And then to clinch it in verse 20, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. As yet, the scripture has said nothing mm -hmm. about Adam knowing his wife and she conceiving. That comes in the next chapter. Mm. But here, he's already calling her the mother of all living. He's already talking about reproduction because that's where sin originated. You know, mm. something, a bit of a sidelight here, but I noticed that for women, women are man-centered. They're also family-centered. So we find that a woman God placed here in Genesis the Bible says here, desire for, and it means longing as with outstretched hands, so that a woman derives so much of her sense of self-worth through her husband. And the man, notice where he drives his sense of self-worth, through his work. So the woman is man-centered, and God placed it that way for a purpose, but the man is work-centered. So let a man lose his job of 20 years, and tell, being told that he didn't do a good job, that he wasn't good at what he was doing, it would devastate him. And then, then he would have to be on the dole for a season and then look for another job. That, that does a number to a man's ego because he is work-centered. The woman is man-centered. So it's so important for the man to understand, as a pastor I'm talking now, for a man to understand the need 
of that wife of yours. She needs your love. She needs your words. She needs your affection. She needs, she needs to know that you love her. You need to tell her with words. Honey, I love you. I appreciate you. That was a wonderful meal. Bit of a sidelight there, but we want to see that the origins of woman's desire for the man and her need for his approval was there in Genesis. That's exactly right. And if we go on then into chapter 4, verse 1, the scripture says that Adam knew his wife and she conceived mm -hmm. and bare a cane and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. Many times we stop reading there, but we really need to read the next verse and then we'll come back for some understanding. And again, she bare his brother Abel. So she first had Cain and then she again bore his brother Abel. Mm -hmm. So it appears that they were twins. However, there was just this one conception in verse one and yet uh, she has two uh, offspring, mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. fruit of the womb, uh, to use the uh, expression then, uh, that we have in the New Testament. So where was the other conception mm -hmm. and what was the order? Well, the other conception God said was part of the punishment. He says, right. I'll multiply your sorrow and your conception. Right. So there was a conception. Then that conception, if we do, if we, if we look at them in order, right. that was the first conception. Who was the firstborn? There you that go. would have been Cain. Right. Then we have another conception. Then who was born? Abel. Abel. So Cain first, then Abel. Mm -hmm. Now, can we tell anything from the characteristics of these two offspring, mm -hmm. these two fruit of the womb, what nature their parents had? Mm -hmm. So we know that there were two conceptions. Now, by looking at the offspring, Cain and Abel, remember we're right here at the original. We haven't had uh, the uh, human race polluted with sin. Right. Uh, this is the very first uh, time that people have sinned, Adam and Eve has sinned. Right. And so there's a direct correlation now between Eve's offspring through Cain mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Eve's offspring through um, through Abel. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that uh, it shows the nature of the husband. Mm -hmm. That, and I wondered if Brother Lonnie could talk about, that is precisely what you were reading about in Matthew a few uh, yep. uh, sessions ago, yep. where you were saying that there was a, an enemy that sowed seed, and when it came to harvest, when it came to fruition, the one showed yep. uh, evil fruit. fruit, and the other showed good <coughs> fruit. Yeah, the, uh, the, the laws in uh, Scripture starts in Genesis 1.11, and it says that every seed will bring forth of its own kind. Mm -hmm. And that, that law continues all the way through. Mm -hmm. So we've got Adam, who is a created son of God, and he has a seed. And then we're, we're telling you that the serpent has a seed. And it's not too difficult to tell who came from who, because every seed brings forth of its own kind. And I think it was Jeff that read, read the scripture that he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning when Jesus in John 8 told, uh, told the Sadducees and Pharisees, you have your father the devil. And uh, so, so we see the seed, mm -hmm. the seed, the two, the two seed lights. It's also interesting to note that in Scripture, I happen to have a, the genealogies down here. And so if we'll go down in the Scripture, Jeff had also referred to, by the way, over in Genesis chapter 6, verse 2, that it talked about the sons of God looked upon the daughters of man. And so we've got two seed lines there. Those were not angels that pressed themselves into flesh. Right. Because the script, scripture says we'll not be like the angels, marrying and giving in marriage. So therefore, sex is an unknown thing among, like among angels. angels. Yeah. They just don't do those things. They're not built that way. Mm -hmm. and, but humans are. So the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men and took unto them wives. Many Bibles say just took women, uh, all that they wanted because they were beautiful. 
And so we've got there the two lines, and the two lines had remained separate until there was a, a blending of the two lines. And this is two two subjects that we're getting into here. But the genealogy now, what we're showing you is, is that out of Adam and Eve, first came Abel, but Abel was killed. And so we, we he, he had no, no genealogy to follow, no children to follow. So Adam and Eve go Seth, Enos, Canaan, Mahalil, and on down to Noah as the 10th, 10th from Adam. And then coming out in, the, in Cain's line, it, the serpent in Eve, as we're showing you, was Cain and Enoch and Erod and Mehodil on down to, uh, to, the, to the 10th from Adam as, as we, we can get to that possibly later. And then, so we find nowhere in scripture, Old Testament or new, that, that Cain is attributed in the line of, of Adam. And generally it is traced through the firstborn. And he just mm -hmm. read that the genealogy uh, coming out that, that Eve gave birth to Cain first, which if that was Adam's son would have been the firstborn and the genealogy would have been traced through there. Not so, because why? Because Cain was not Adam's seed. John tells us Cain was of that wicked one. And so where our genealogies are establishing what we're telling you, the seed line characteristics are telling us what we're, we're confirming what we're telling you. And over and over we're seeing what was the original sin? Sex. It was mm -hmm. original sin. Mm -hmm. There is a seed of the serpent and there is a seed of the woman as we come, come forward in time that we, we read about uh, in Genesis. I would like to touch just for a moment to, so there won't be any questions in the people's mind. Originally, there was God was following G seed lines out up to Noah, mm -hmm. and then the two began to mix, and uh, God didn't like it, and there was a destruction of the earth. And then He brought out Noah and his family. And coming this side, we find that God is not not predestinating or choosing people by genetics anymore. That's not the conception, because in in Romans chapter eight, where Paul is talking about election, mm -hmm. he says, "Jacob have I loved." Esau have I hated, both born of the same father and same mother, so that you're not going to get confused with what happened in Eden. So Jacob have I loved, Esau have, that the law of election might stand. So God has an elect people on earth in whom uh, he has placed what we call, for our own just conversation, the seed of, seed of predestination. Mm -hmm. And those, those were all those that the scripture says their names are on the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. So God had created in his great thinking before the foundation of the world, his entire family on earth, the entire family, and he put their names in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then we also find then that uh, the, the Lamb, Christ, was slain before the foundation of the world. And that was all in God's thinking. Mm -hmm. The plan was all laid out because God knew Adam and Eve would fall, so he wasn't going to lose his children. He made a way of redemption through the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Then this other seed of the serpent line was injected into the human race on earth, and they are not God's kids. They're here for the testing and trying of God's children, and I haven't the slightest idea which one is which. I, I have no idea. I can't look and say, well, that's serpent seed and that's God's seed. I don't know. My responsibility as a minister is to minister to the word to everyone. Like right. Romans 22 says, whosoever will, let him come. So that's my attitude. I preach it out. What they choose to do, that's their, their, their choice. But still, we have to know that these are on earth. Many are very, very, very religious, just, just as Cain was, religious, want to worship God. But the two key factors are 
the fullness of the word, they have no place for it. Mm -hmm. And two, they want to worship God their way, not necessarily God's way. They, they want to go their own way. The scripture says they were brute beasts, Jude says, chapter verse 4, uh, ordained to condemnation. Another place says they refuse to be subject to governments. They don't really want to be under the leadership of the word of God or the Holy Spirit, but they want to be religious. So there's two of them on earth. And for those of you that have been around religion very much, you know full well this is true because you've, you've met the people that are exactly this way mm -hmm. and they're manifesting the seed that's in them. Can't say which is which. We'll let God sort that out in the great eternity. You know, we look at, um, we look at fruit and we find that uh, Cain, as Brother Lonnie said, <coughs> was religious. We find that he uh, worshiped God. We find that uh, he wanted to worship God. He wasn't resisting God. And that it came to pass that God said, offer an offering. We find that Cain said, okay, I'll offer an offering. And we find that Abel also offered an offering. And Hebrews says that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than that of Cain. So we find out that when Abel went to uh, Cain and they began to talk and Cain went to Abel, we find that a Cain's sacrifice was fruit. And uh, Brother Stephen and I were talking before the broadcast. We find that many religions offer fruit on an altar to their ancestors. And we find that Cain also offered fruit and God rejected it. Now, why would God reject Cain's offering of fruit? Because it was blood that was polluted. And this was a covering for sin. This was a sin offering. And fruit would not cover sin. Only blood could cover sin. So it says that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice and he slew an animal. How strange. And perhaps we might think even rather archaic and gruesome that an innocent lamb would have to die in the place of, uh, of Abel and of Adam and of Eve. So we find that an animal's blood was shed. And again, the reason was is because blood was polluted. So we find that Cain was religious and he wanted to serve God, but he wanted to serve God his way and not God's way. And so we find that, that Abel, though, by revelation, offered blood because of the revelation that he had of the original sin. He understood quite clearly what had taken place back in the beginning, Abel did. And so we're, we're, we're watching this. Another thing, too, I want you to understand is, is that this serpent that seduced Eve was an upright being. And the reason he's called a serpent is because Satan himself incarnated this upright being. And we go to Genesis chapter, or Revelations chapter 12, and we find that the, the devil is referred to as that old dragon called the serpent. And so again, Satan is uh, characterized as a serpent. Jesus referred to him as a serpent. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. G uh, John the Baptist said, you snakes in the grass, progeny of the devil. So again, we have an upright being who seduced Eve, not a snake, not a chimpanzee, but an upright being whose seed could mingle with the woman. He was, he was uh, quite intelligent. He could speak, but he was, his intelligence and his reasoning was superior in that the devil himself incarnated him. So we find that uh, a donkey spoke to Balaam because God allowed that donkey to speak. We find that the serpent or the devil's demon spirits went into swine. So can animals incarnate, or can spirits incarnate animals? Yes, they can. They can come into animals. So this was an upright being who tried to bring about the fall and succeeded. And so we find that then God himself came down in a form, shed blood, and encoded and gave his, ki his kids 
coats of skin. So he gave Adam and Eve coats of bloody skin. Can you see that blood-dripped, soaked lamb skin flapping on the knees of Adam and Eve? And that was their covering for their transgression, blood. So then we find that Adam, or that the Virgin Mary received the blood of God. This vir the, that germinated blood cell that entered the womb of Mary by the, by the speaking being overshadowed, and she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. So the angel of the Lord spoke to her and said, You shall bring forth a son. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and we find that through the spoken word, we find that Eve brought forth a virgin-born son, Jesus Christ, which was God, Emmanuel, with us. In the veins of Jesus was not the blood of Mary or the blood of Joseph, was not uh, the egg of Mary. It was a germinated blood cell. So we are saved. We are washed by the blood of God himself because of the blood that was polluted. So the first Adam sold us into sin and the blood was polluted. The second Adam was able to deliver us from sins and our sins by a perfect sacrifice by the blood of the Lamb. Brother Lonnie, any more? Do you want to add to that, Brother Stephen? we got, we <laughs> yeah, got well, 50 more seconds. <laughs> yeah, R Romans goes into it. By, by one man we all fell, and by one man we all rise again. Exactly. And I like the illustration Brother Branham gave when Jesus, Adam walking out of the Garden of Eden, and he said, I hear a slap, slap, slap. He says, yeah. that bloody skin. Uh, rapping against his thigh, yes. and he says, and then years later, we hear that same slap, 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 and it's the bloody robe on Jesus Christ going to Calvary going to, to Calvary. make a way for us to go back to fellowship with God again. Hallelujah. And so the blood and the blood, Amen. and God has beautifully made a way for us. Stephen, would you like to say anything? And just that uh, it now makes sense of some of the scriptures, like I was born in sin. There you I go. I was shaped in iniquity. Right. These, this process is a process that is, uh, it has its roots in Hallelujah. evil. Yes, Amen. it does. So by the grace of God, uh, we are forgiven and covered by that blood. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, friends, this was our fourth and final session on this subject. We've never offered you so much material on any one subject as we have on this one. From our website, you can get a downloaded book called The Serpent Seed. You can get from us another one called The Original Sin. Uh, this one traces the seed of the serpent right on into the New Testament, so you can see how the seed line reacts to the Word. Then we've got the four DVDs available of this series, and then Stephen Shrew's hour and 50 minute teaching on this subject. You've got three ways to contact us, so let us hear from you. We're always glad to hear from you. Friends, today's program is one of a four-part series entitled The Fall in Eden. All four are available on a single DVD. In addition to this series, Minister and Professor Stephen Strew examines this topic in greater depth on a DVD entitled The Original Sin. Your host, Brother Lonnie Jenkins, has also written a booklet called The Original Sin, which is available free of charge. To obtain these DVDs or the free booklet, write to us at Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road in Lima, Ohio. Zip code here is 45801 here in the USA. Or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. While there, look for a downloadable pamphlet entitled Serpent Seed with more information on today's subject. Thank you for joining us.